What is not written is not said. What is not written remains undone. Some things can be risked leaving to memory and others simply must be noted. These are referred to as noteworthy things. When you encounter the noteworthy that is backed by and based on the word of God, you have met the noteworthy. Welcome to the noteworthy with Teddy Podcast, brought to you by Reverend Teddy A. Jones. Get your mind in gear and your willpower engaged. The revolution begins now. Here is today's episode. Greetings, world. I greet you with the greeting of peace. I want to talk with us today on the topic, greatness is a process. Let's explore the nature of greatness. In the Far East, there is a tree called the Chinese bamboo tree. This remarkable tree is different from most trees in that it doesn't grow in the usual fashion. While most trees grow steadily over a period of years, the Chinese bamboo tree doesn't break through the ground for the first four years. Then, in the fifth year, an amazing thing happens. The tree begins to grow at an astonishing rate. In fact, in a period of just five weeks, a Chinese bamboo tree can grow to a height of 90 feet. It's almost as if you can actually see the tree growing right before your very eyes. In Psalm 66 and verse 10, we read, For you, God, tested us. You refined us like silver. The alluring glint of refined silver in the polished glass case bearing the tag of the great designer jeweler is made possible by the process of refining. Let's use this verse as the platform to explore the truism that greatness is a process. The process of refining silver is a long process of heating the metal until all the imperfections have boiled out. Once the silver is cooled, it is then reheated to remove any other imperfections. This process is repeated until there are no signs of anything that isn't the precious metal. I suspect that you may have heard the popular saying, heights of great men reached and kept were not attained by sudden flight, but they, while their companions slept, were up toiling through the night. This is just one of the myriad indicators that greatness is hardly ever, if ever, an overnight phenomenon, but rather a process often a long and painstaking one. Henry Ford had to water his Chinese bamboo tree through five business failures before he finally succeeded with the Ford Motor Company. Another great bamboo grower was the legendary jockey Eddie Arquaro. Arquaro lost his first 250 races as a jockey before going on to win 17 Triple Crown races and 554 stakes races for a total purse earnings of more than $30 million. To help us appreciate this reality and provide some guiding lights for our consideration, 
Let's use the career of the biblical character Moses as a case in point. A close look at the life of Moses offers us four phases to consider. The molding, mistake, mentoring, and miracle phases. First, let's explore the molding phase. This phase may also be called the preparation phase. This is the nuts and bolts period. It involves all the twists and turns in the childhood and adolescent years, which may overlap into the young adult years. In the case of Moses, we can identify the clear marks of God's sovereign intervention, directing purpose. The wisdom of his mother under dire straits as she seeks to keep the child alive by floating him on the river. The maternal instinct which caused her to send the child's sister to monitor the floating baby. The discovery of the child by the entourage of Pharaoh's daughter, Moses' sister being at the right place and right time to offer to help raise the child for Pharaoh's daughter. The grooming of Moses in the education system and culture of the Egyptians. Experience teaches us that life is filled with obstacles. These two, however, are part of our molding. Some of the world's greatest men and women have been saddled with disabilities and adversities, but have managed to overcome them. Cripple him, and you have a Sir Walter Scott. Raise him in abject poverty, and you have an Abraham Lincoln. Strike him down with infantile paralysis, and he becomes a Franklin D. Roosevelt. Burn him so severely in a schoolhouse fire that the doctors say he will never walk again, and you have a Glenn Cunningham who set a world's record in 1934 for running a mile in 4 minutes 6.7 seconds. Have him or her born black in a society filled with racial discrimination, and you have a Booker T. Washington, a Harriet Tubman, a Marion Anderson, or a George Washington Carver. Call him a slow learner, retarded, and write him off as ineducible, and you have an Albert Einstein. In the case of Moses, he struggled with a speech impediment. Are you stuck at the largeness of your disability or impediment? Do you think God is unaware of that? God is able and ready to launch you into your greatness in spite of your limitations. Pause for a while and trace your life's journey to this point. And you will begin to realize the unmistakable hand of God working out his purpose for your life through those years of molding, the molding phase. Then there is the mistake phase. As we go through the molding phase, we will make mistakes along the way. 
There are some mistakes, though, that become a pivotal moment. They launch us on a collision path with the person or persons whom God has prepared to help us refine our calling and face our inner issues that can derail our greatness. That moment for Moses was the day he was filled with a sense of the unjust and knew that he had to act in deference to it. The day Moses saw the slave driver's boot of power upon the neck of the helpless enslaved Hebrew, his anger and passion for justice swelled up and he moved in to assist by killing the Egyptian. Freedom for the enslaved was to be his greatness, but the mistake was in the method utilized. I humbly suggest that Moses had an impetuousness that was like an Achilles heel in his life. This needed to be addressed. He would later break the tablets of stone and have to ascend the mountain a second time. And ultimately, he would strike the rock instead of speaking to it which cost him the chance to set foot into the promised land. The very next day after killing the Egyptian in rescuing the Israelite, he had to flee the palatial grounds and seek refuge in the wilderness. The writer of the book of Hebrews would later hail this as an act of faith. The choice of Moses to suffer affliction with the enslaved Hebrews than to continue to enjoy the pleasures of the Egyptian palace, the seat of power that enslaved other humans. That wilderness was an essential part of his process to greatness. The wilderness was a place for him to unlearn certain things and learn certain things. Most importantly, it is there in the wilderness that he met and learned about the true God at the burning bush. It is there in the wilderness that he met his mentor. So there is the molding phase. There is the mistake phase. And then the mentoring phase. Seneca says, The greatest man is he who chooses the right with the most invincible resolution, who resists the sorest temptation from within and without, who bears the heaviest burdens cheerfully, who is calmest in storms and the most fearless under menaces and frowns, whose reliance on truth on virtue and on God is most unfaltering. Seneca is absolutely correct. To arrive at such a character state, we all need the help and guidance of older ones who have passed through life and gained wisdom. The great Albert Einstein is quoted as saying, If I have been able to achieve greatness, 
it is because I have been able to stand on the shoulders of giants. The giant, in the case of Moses, is no less a person than his father-in-law, Jethro, priest of Midian. One of the most important lessons he taught Moses was the principle of delegation. Moses would need to use this many times in the post-Exodus sojourn with the liberated Hebrews. There are many things we do in youth for which we need to hear what you are doing is not good. Elisha needed Elijah. Timothy and Titus needed Paul. The disciples needed Jesus. The key here is to actually listen to the mentor. Failure to listen can have catastrophic results. After the mentoring phase, we move on this process towards greatness into the measurement phase. Moses grew through his time of mentoring under Jethro. He obviously learned gems of wisdom from him. At the appointed time, he had his encounter with God at the burning bush. He received his commission. The time had come for him to be measured. The metal of the fighter, the steel of the runner, the bravery of the team is measured out in the middle of the run, on the court, on the track. Moses had to rise from training and enter the arena for the showdown with his adopted father, Pharaoh. It was a grueling measurement. Pharaoh hardened his heart and with each new plague seemed to dig his heels in deeper, refusing to let the enslaved go free. I can imagine how Moses must have had the wind knocked out of him when he threw down his rod and it became a snake, only to see Janis and Jambres, Pharaoh's magicians, follow suit. But his dismay was short-lived, for his snake consumed the other two snakes, reminding him that the one who had revealed himself as I am was true and truly with him. Moses could have remained in the wilderness and dream of confronting Pharaoh, and that's all he would have. Dreams. The path to greatness of necessity requires one to get out there and face the measurement of life. Those who understand that their life is not random and pointless, but instead pointed in the direction of salvation history, can face their measurement with the confidence that the one who calls them to purpose equips them to be equal to every task. This is the embrace of the mission that former British Prime Minister Sir Winston Churchill expressed to the Allied forces. And he said, there comes a certain moment in everyone's life, a moment for which that person was born, that special opportunity, when he seizes it, 
will fulfill his mission. A mission for which he is uniquely qualified. In that moment, he finds greatness. It is his finest hour. To seize that mission and be seized by that mission is to be ready for the miracle. Lights, cameras, stage, fans, adoring, autographs, applause, changed lives, restored communities, transformed nations. Just a few of the indices of greatness. The miracles of one achieving remarkable feats, especially those that we are convinced would be impossible except God had intervened, I want to humbly suggest that there is no miracle phase without the measurement phase. By the time Moses and the Israelites stood before the Red Sea, flanked by towering mountains, with the crescendo of chariot wheels and horse hooves reaching deafening proportions, it was nothing more than opportunity meeting with preparation. The atmosphere was right for the miraculous. Every test in the weeks and days before prepared him for this high point. His sister Miriam would beat her timbrel and sing of it on the other side of the sea. The poets and historians of the Bible would recount it for centuries thereafter. The Lord overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the middle of the sea. But note this carefully. The miracle phase is not an event, but a continuum of excellence. Each instance becoming a touchstone for instilling faith during the next crisis moment. In the practice of recounting the moment of breakthrough, that initial miracle of greatness must serve to remind us that we are but vessels in the hand of God. It must serve to keep our minds guarded from the folly of convenience. It is God's miracle that brought us to greatness. Not long after experiencing the miracle, Aaron made the golden calf, presented it to the people, and they worshipped it, saying, This is our God that brought us out of Egypt. On your journey to greatness, you come through the process and arrive at greatness. Never let your stage, your degree, your tenure, your net worth become the miracle. Stay humble. Continue in excellence so that the God who brought you through the molding and worked even through your mistakes to prepare you to be equal to the measurement of life that will propel you to your miracle of greatness. Remember that God. You think about it. Let's talk about it. Thank you for listening to this episode of my podcast, Noteworthy with Teddy. This is Reverend Teddy A. Jones. You think about it, let's talk about it. I look forward to your questions and comments. Use the social media links provided here to connect with me.
If it's noteworthy, then others need to hear. Thanks for sharing the podcast with your friends and family. See you on the next episode, DV.